You got any sticky notes over there or something? Breaker, breaker. No. Why? Pad of paper? Nope. Scraps? Nope. How about your uh, bag from dinner? You want, you want to throw your gum in something? I, how'd you know? It's like you there read you my mind. There Is that empty? Yeah. I don't want to... Uh, there we go. Okay. That's nice. I don't want to put something in your cup that you're going to sip from later. That no, would be wrong. No comment. Nobody has a handle on the league like these two hockey heads. Mike Farwell, Chris Pope, your number one authorities on the OHL. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. Well, Poper, when we uh, open a can of worms, we open it pretty wide. Last week on this podcast, we were talking about the Hamilton Bulldogs and Hamilton City Council's reluctance to agree to Hamilton Bulldogs owner Michael Andlauer's requests to do a new arena out at the uh, up on the mountain, yeah. Lime Ridge Mall, Lime Ridge Mall location. And we suggested then, and I further suggested when we tweeted about last week's episode of the podcast, where are the Hamilton Bulldogs going to go now? And lo and behold, the issue back before council this week, eleven to three, Hamilton Council votes against the Mountain Arena proposal. So basically, it's a done deal. It's a dead deal. And speculation is running rampant, albeit on Twitter, about where the Bulldogs will relocate. Yeah. I, we started that. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, Mr. Andlauer. I'm not too sorry for Hamilton because I think the city's gumming it up. But anyway. Yeah, I don't really know if we started that. But um, regardless, I stand by what I said last week and that the city of Hamilton and the counselors are just being morons. Quite frankly, I listened to, uh, we reached out to Michael Anlauer to come onto the podcast, but the Bulldogs representation said they're not speaking on the matter. Um, Anlauer wanted to move his team, put an arena up at Lime Ridge Mall. The city wants the arena to be downtown, trying to revitalize the downtown. Anlauer was okay with that. He just felt the better idea was up on the mountain. So years ago... When he first said, I'll put $30 million of my own money up front. The city said, well, we want it to be downtown. Well, what would they do? What has the city done? Nothing. The city has sat there and done nothing. So Ann Lauer says, hey, guys, still need a new arena. <laughs> Here's my plan. My plan, Lime Ridge Mall. The developer of Lime Ridge Mall is also the same developer who redeveloped Jurassic Park downtown Toronto who redeveloped outside the Bell Centre in Montreal. So Ann Lauer knows him very well because Ann Lauer sits on the board with the Canadians. So they've decided Lime Ridge Mall is the perfect place. They have the empty Sears building at Lime Ridge Mall. It would be a new arena, new parking structure. Then they can build residential areas around that because, as we know, nobody likes to live in a mall. So let's make it an entertainment centre. Let's make it a reason for people to go there. And then the city comes back and says, no, we still want it downtown. And Ann Lauer has publicly said that he has no problem with it being downtown. Let's start coming up with some ideas here. Let's start figuring out a way. It, and if you talk to the media members and the sports reporters around Hamilton, it's the same thing that happened with their stadium, their football stadium. They have an idea, and then the city works backwards to try to make it look good. They're not looking good right now, and they're not going to look very good when Ann Lauer takes his team and leaves. The funny thing about this is what you're seeing here is politics versus business. 
Michael Andlauer is a very successful businessman. Mm-hmm. And so while city council twiddles its thumbs and dawdles, as my mother would have said, and take your pick of words, as they just procrastinate the hell out of the project, he goes and actually gets something done. If I can sit on the fence ever so slightly here, I can see both sides of this argument. I am biased because I think that the Ontario Hockey League is a good thing. A franchise is a good thing for the city that hosts it. Mm -hmm. So I think that Hamilton Council is being ridiculous in this regard. However, I can see Council's point on downtown and the impact that a downtown arena could have on the city. One needs look no further than the city of London for an example, because London loves Bud Gardens. For sure. But the issue is with Hamilton. First Ontario Centre, former Cops Coliseum, is already downtown. And it's not doing anything for their downtown. But, yes, but. There is a but here, because it isn't. And it's also not a good venue for a junior hockey team. Right. Cops Coliseum, First Ontario Centre, in its day, was a going concern. It was a viable sports and entertainment complex. There was also the misguided notion that someday it would house another National Hockey League Mm -hmm. team. But it has fallen into such a state. It is such a dinosaur now, as far as arenas like that go. It has become virtually useless. Even if, and and the report to council tells them, because you can argue, yeah, we've already got an arena downtown. How's it going? It needs a primary tenant. If they're if if cops call us, or if, I can't help first call Ontario Center. If first Ontario Center is going to remain a viable facility in the city of Hamilton, it's going to need a primary tenant, which it has, but it's just the two don't match. Junior Hockey and and First Ontario Centre don't match, not to mention the millions of dollars in upgrades that would be required. So it's it's a sticky, thorny situation right now. And it has even more uh, replications, if that's a word. Repercussions. Repercussions, I guess, because that that developer, whose name I can't remember, and I apologize, he's huge, um, that developer is supposed to be developing... Um, some a residential area up by Lime Ridge Mall. And he has openly come out and said, it's with Cadillac Fairview. Yeah, okay. And he has openly come out and said, now that is up in the air. Of course. But these sorts of power plays happen all, all the, the time, time in every city, everywhere. And again, my bias comes out in this because voting 11 to 3 against the Mountain Arena proposal yep. basically says to me, that Hamilton City Councillors do not give a rat's ass about the Ontario Hockey League. No, and they, that's too bad. They don't. The one councillor called out to Ann Lauer, said, first called him out, and Ann Lauer says, I've never met him before besides the three-hour speech I gave to council about my idea and why I think it's good for this city. The councillor then stood there when they voted 11-3 to three and called him out saying, calling into question Ann Lauer's character and the amount of money that Ann Lauer really had, and then saying, this is, it's not like it's men's hockey. This is boys' hockey. Why do they need this? Calling, calling out the league, the OHL, and what it actually means to the city and what it means to every city that it's in, and calling out an owner that's willing to put up $30 million of his own money that's been part of a National Hockey League ownership group for how long? Come on. How long ago were you voted into council? Because your constituents might have a few words for you. You might not be willing to, you, you might not be deserving to sit in that seat. This is a dysfunctional a council 
at its best, at its absolute best. And again, you and I talked about this on the podcast last week, so we don't need to retread the old ground. But Michael Andlauer is someone you would look at as probably a model owner in this Ontario Hockey League. He got the team in how many years after did he win an OHL championship? Three? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He said, go get me my championship. Here's something, though, that we have to keep in mind in all of this. And I'm going to go back to kind of where we started and the can of worms that we perhaps opened by even allowing for speculation about, quote-unquote, where will the Bulldogs move? Michael Andlauer is a Hamilton guy. Mm -hmm. So... If, and I'm still going to emphasize the if the franchise moves, it ain't moving far. No. It likely, in my opinion, won't move at all. So we can sit around all we want. We can tweet our little thumbs to death about Cornwall and Chatham and Newmarket and Thunder Bay and Brantford. We can do all we want. Talk about the cities that we think deserve returned franchises, a la Cornwall, Brantford, Newmarket. We can talk about cities that we think deserve franchises, period, a la Thunder Bay, Chatham. And take your pick. Belleville should have an OHL team back. No, it shouldn't. But that's, the, I mean, I loved it while it was there, but they've got the AHL there now. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Wouldn't make, well played, sir. So let's just look at this for what it is. You have an owner who is a good owner for the league, who has not given any indication whatsoever that he no longer wants to be an owner. If you think Michael Andlauer is going to continue to own the team while it's in Cornwall, I think you're mistaken. He's not going to just take his business interest to a brand new community. So if it goes, if it were to relocate, that means Michael Andlauer says, I'm out. This is the kind of power play that happens all the time, Mm -hmm. in all kinds of cities, and Mm -hmm. right now we are most aware of it because it's happening in the Ontario Hockey League. Do I need to remind you, do I need to remind anybody that our good friends Mark and Dale Hunter said, you don't want to build a downtown arena, London? That's fine. The London Knights are about to become the Buffalo Knights. Do I need to remind you of that? This stuff happens all the time. And then what did happen? Oh, I guess we'll do a downtown arena. And... As I said earlier, ain't nobody happier about that arena. Yes, the Hunters make a lot of money on their junior franchise. We know that. The books came out a couple of years ago. That's not the point. You don't think the city of London loves the impact that downtown arena has had on its city? Of Of course it does. Yeah, it's BIA certainly does. Of course. JD's across the street certainly does. The market right across the street. It's an an area that has benefited from that arena. So that's where... Okay, well, I'm going to turn it back on you. Okay. I... I don't think it's the Hamilton Bulldogs will be in Hamilton for long. I'm of the belief he's going to move them. How many years does he stay at Cops Coliseum without a plan in place for a new rink? Well, if we could get him on the podcast, we'd ask. Him. I know. But uh, how many? How many do you think? Like, because if, if you're Michael Anlauer, because you say he is a Hamilton guy. Yeah, he's had the Bulldogs in Cops Coliseum when they were in the American League. He, he's kept them at First Ontario Center. He's given so much back to that that city. Yeah, so much back. He wants it to be there, for sure. You don't go to Hamilton City Council with your own plan and speak for three hours without wanting it to be there. So how many more years is he willing to stay there? One. One. Then it's gone. See you later. Because this city's been sitting on their hands for five years. Right. So hang on. Again, you got if if you're in the poker game, okay? That's later tonight. Yes. If you're in the poker game, 
are you calling a bluff? And I, so Michael Landlauer has said, you dilly dallied your way through the whole project. I came up with a plan. You shot my plan down. Okay. Now I'm going to take this team right out of the city. Does the city blink when you say that? If it does, do they at least come up with a plan? That's why I say one year, because we all know that Michael Landlauer is not without plans and not without means. So let's just say that he's got another option in his back pocket right now. And Caster. I'm thinking another direction. Burlington? Correct. Yeah, I think one or the other. Right. So if he's got that in his back pocket and he starts to slowly pull it out, arenas don't get built overnight. Rome was not built in a day. And there ain't a ding-dang arena that's been built in a day. So even if Ancaster or Burlington are the card that he's got up his sleeve or in his back pocket or whatever the case may be, there's no arena waiting for his arrival. So that's going to take, what, three to five years at minimum, I would say, to build a new facility to house the OHL's Bulldogs. You could probably get it done in a year. I don't know about that. You think you can get it done that quick? Listen, it do, I, if they it, need some help, call the Mennonites out in St. Jacob's. Yeah, They'll get I, this thing built in a day. Right. The, the, <laughs> the actual construction is one thing. Yeah. It's well, yes, the of plan, course. The plan. Right? The, the land. Yeah. The leases. The permits. The everything that goes with it. But they could also do what Niagara did. You go to a smaller rink, play there for a couple of years while your bigger rink's being built. They went and played in the Jack forever before they got their new rink. Right? Sure. Hamilton goes to Burlington, let's say. Plays where the Cougars play, or whoever plays there for two or three years. They, hey, I moved my team here. Let's figure out a deal. Let's build an arena somewhere. Here's my thirty million. I suspect you could be right. That would be the ultimate middle finger to Hamilton City Council. I was, I was going on the assumption here, and it is just that an mm-hmm. assumption that he stays at First Ontario Center until the new one's ready. Because why would you? uproot the team if you didn't have to. But that would be that would be the ultimate power play by Michael Landlauer if that's the choice he makes. I'm going to get right the hell out of First Ontario Centre. I'm going to go to a rinky-dink arena yeah. while my brand new one's being built elsewhere. Maybe not rinky-dinky, but a three, 4,000 people arena. You're fine. Take your three or 4,000 for a year, move into a bigger place. I like it. Yeah, because if you get that three or 4,000 well, for yeah, a year. Right? For sure, yeah. Because you're talking about a relocation and then restarting and reinvigorating a fan base knowing that it's only going to be there for a short period of time until the nice new place is ready. That's a that's a pretty tall order. I don't think so. Okay. Like I said, they did it in Niagara, right? The Jack was, well, I guess, no, but the, they first, went, the they, first Meridian Center is right beside the Jack, yeah, essentially. Yeah, and, and St. Catharines, when, when the team went there, they, they basically just said, we're going to play out of here until the new one's ready. Oh, no, that's, so what, that, that's what I'm saying Anlauer's going to do. He's, he's going to go move the team to Burlington, but he's going to play out in the arena there, yeah. two to three, three to four thousand, gotcha. and I say, hey... We're here. We're going to be here. We're going to get a new arena. City and I, let's talk. I, I thought you were still in Hamilton. Oh, okay. No, no, no. right I'm, the heck out of first I know what you center. mean. No, I mean, go to, the, go to Burlington or right. Ancaster, play in the Junior B arena for a, cup, for a year, build your new rink. The only thing that I still am not sure of, and, you know, listen, you want to send us an email, farwellandpope at gmail.com, is Burlington a viable OHL market? I don't think it is. Is Hamilton? I th- yes. If, well, if people in Hamilton are because they've done their research, the people that are going to Bulldogs games are coming from other parts of the city. They're not living downtown. Of course not. People don't live downtown, and I shouldn't say that. The majority of people don't live downtown Hamilton, so they're already traveling. How far is Burlington from Hamilton? They yeah. basically touch. It's Waterloo and Kitchener. But there's still there's still something about 
your city, your team. And there's that blue... Listen. For sure. Okay. But, so Okay, if, let's talk about Thai Cats. You don't think there's people from Burlington going to Thai Cats games? Of course there are. Right. You think there's Burlington people from Burlington going to Bulldogs games now? Of yeah. course there are. Yes, but much like you just described Kitchener versus Waterloo, which one's blue collar, which one's not? Mm. Same thing with... And I'm, I'm not saying that the Kitchener Rangers don't get fans from Cambridge and North Dumfries and Listowel. Baden and Listowel, for sure. But it's, it's just there's something about the home team. And sure. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced but that how Burlington's mu- the market, man. I'm not. But how, mu- how much um, loyalty and fandom is there really there about the Hamilton Bulldogs OHL team? They haven't been there that long. Well, that's, and I was just going to say, I think the jury might still be out, but I also think we Why, why, are why don't you think Burlington would be good? It just doesn't scream to me, OHL City. No, it's very snobby. I'll say you it. You said it. <laughs> Ancaster and Burlington both have a ton of money, though. Dispensable or disposable income. That's where you want teams. You want teams, places with disposable income. Both those places have tons of it. Yeah, but and Ancaster's got a really good uh, minor hockey system. But you're making it sound like you need a city with wealthy people to attend well, junior hockey games. It's but you, but no, you don't though. No, you well, no. I'm not saying you need to. It's easier to get people to come. That's just common sense. It's, e- it's easier to get people to come, especially I, with the way the world's going and how much how much of an issue uh, entertainment is going to be in the f- next couple of years in the hand, next decade. I think both cities are, are a great spot for a hockey team. I quite frankly don't like either of them, but I don't know. I'm not the one doing any market research on this. You, but you like Thunder Bay. I love Thunder Bay. <laughs> I, I do, and I, and I say that. I don't know. That brings I, up a whole other can of Well, okay, it does, but I don't know the Thunder Bay of 2020. I'll grant you that. Yeah. But I worked up there, 98 to 2000, and... I was 12. Okay, Young pup. <laughs> One of the pups, Don Cameron would say. Anyway, and I remember when uh, Eddie Wernick came up there, we had a, we had a little uh, bond spiel curling. I mean, the, the city was just, you, you brought a sporting event into that city, or you just had sports in the city. The uh, Thunder Bay Baycats uh, Ball Club. Uh, it played in the old Northern League. Lakehead has youth sports hockey, for crying out loud. If they can make it work, don't let the travel. I, I really think... I really think Thunder Bay would be a terrific market, although, of course, the travel would be a major issue. But yeah, that, and that's just from having lived there for a couple of years and 20 years ago. So what's it like now compared to then? Your point already about disposable income. I don't know what the economy is looking like. I don't know how much they support sports that are in the city right now. But to me, it screams more junior hockey market than Burlington does. Put this new arena in Burlington right down on the water. And watch fans just flock to it right downtown or dump it over by the Ikea. Anywhere around, I think Burlington would just be perfect. Absolutely perfect. You got you pull from Hamilton, you pull from Ancaster, you pull from Dundas, right off the highway, money spot. And that's the key. See, what you just said is the key. You are going to have a commuters team. Yeah, Nobody well, th- in Burlington's going to care that they have a, the Burlington Bulldogs. Woohoo! I'm going to go t- to my next wine tasting down in uh, wherever you go for wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Niagara on the Lake. Yeah, there you, you don't, go. You don't think people would get behind a team? Not, I, I don't think you would get as many people in the city of Burlington. I think the city of Burlington's what? got far greater interests than junior hockey. 
well, you don't know until you're there. Like, yes, there's tons of interest to do in Burlington. But when the the Grape and Wine Festival in Niagara or uh, the concert that they, Blues Fest down at Spencer's, when it's not going on, let me then ask what do you, you do? Yeah, let me ask you this, okay? Because you already brought it up. And I am completely, like, this, this might be the last podcast we ever do because we are stereotyping an entire batch of people. <laughs> but well. we go around this league, okay? Yeah. Tell me. And I'm going to go back to the words you used about Burlington. I love you, Burlington. Every time I ride I through on my motorcycle, it's a great spot. I've Beautiful spot. Don't know that Beautiful I've ever city. stopped there for anything. No? Any, it's Never been to Emma's? Nice looking. No, I haven't. Never been to Spencer's? Nope. Oh, my goodness. Spend more time in Burlington before you talk with the people. Tell me the next snobbiest OHL city. If we're going to take your word, snobby, Burlington, tell me the next snobbiest OHL city. Oh, boy, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm not, I'm not going to... I don't know. It doesn't exist. This is a blue-collar hockey league. You don't think London snobby? Not even a little bit. Ottawa? Mississauga? Maybe, maybe Ottawa. Mississauga? Uh, okay, you might have me on Saga. Waterloo? <laughs> I'm a Kitchener boy. I, I'm going to have a hard time. Am I a snob? Do I no, not, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm such a snob, I don't even know it. I tried to add some levity to the situation. Yeah. I, see, I just can't think of one, though. Truly. Sault Ste. Marie, Flint, Windsor. Guelph. Guelph is not snobby. Well, maybe they're a little pretentious with all their green. A little pretentious. Anyway. Great city, though. One of my favorites. All right. Let, One of my favorites. I love it. Let's do this. I do, too. I love Guelph. I moved there yesterday. <laughs> I used to live there yeah. for a little bit. Uh, okay. Before we move on, and it's, it's timely because our feature interview. Sorry, I just want to, for the majority, I think every city in the Ontario Hockey League, you could make a case for not being snobby and being snobby. If you can make a case for Sudbury, Sudbury being that's the only one I was going to say. That's the only one I was going to say. <laughs> I don't think Barry has any reason to be snobby, though, either. Love you, Barry. Right on the water there. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful spot. It's Again, there's tons of beautiful awesome. cities in this. League. So anyway. many people we I, have pissed I think, off. I think, I know. So many. <laughs> so many. This is like a complete stereotype. Yeah. We're going to watch yeah. our subscriber numbers oh, go down. I know. We're, tweet, mentions are going to go off the hook. At Farwell underscore OHL and at underscore Chris Pope. Of course, you can email us all the hate mail uh, at. Farwell and Pope at gmail.com. Mayor not, Cam not, Guthrie, I'm sorry. I'm not reading it. You're reading it. <laughs> That's fine. Whatever you want to do. Uh, it, it's timely because our feature interview for this podcast is... I with, do a coffee review. I'm just as snobby as everybody else. That's a very good point. <laughs> sorry. Uh, is with an owner that has actually relocated the team. We'll let you stew on that for a second because there is a question I wanted to ask you in pop quiz because I didn't, I didn't prep you on this. Since we're talking about... Hamilton and, yep. and and trying to douse the flames like they're not the Bulldogs are not going to Cornwall unless Michael Andlauer says I no longer want the team if as long as Michael Andlauer is the owner that team's staying in Hamilton or very near to it I promise you but because the relocation wheel has been spun on Twitter if you could put an OHL franchise in another city uh one that's had one, or a brand new market, what would it be? Burlington. <laughs> you're such a donkey, and you're full of it. Um, nobody wants a team in Burlington. Maybe Michael Landlauer oh, does, but nobody else. Stuff. It's not bad. That's good stuff. Uh, if I could pick a city for an OHL hockey club. Because a lot of good replies on both of our Twitters today. Yeah. With, you know, and, and like, I understand for. why Chatham. I don't know if they have the population to cover it. I understand why Cornwall. 
I wasn't around for the Royals, so I don't know if it actually worked up there or not. Well, now, see, when you look back on it through rose-colored glasses, of course it did. Yeah. Not to mention back-to-back championships. Um, well, yeah, fair. I, I, how, how mad can we make people? <laughs> At this point, I don't think they can get much angrier than they already are. Waterloo. Okay, now you're st- okay. I would. Least, as long as you're not t- as long as you're taking it seriously, you would not. Well, I think it would be awesome. Kitchener versus Waterloo, the rivalries you'd have. I, I think it would just be great because uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if another city, like I'm trying to think of another city. I guess Belleville. Can we go back to Belleville? You could. It just but, doesn't. I don't think it makes. Well, it doesn't make as sense. You said, exactly. Sense. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. There's no other. Like the the big metropolises, if you will, are covered. You know, you run down the 401. I'm thinking east-west. We got one in St. Catharines now. Niagara Falls is covered over there. We can't go further east down here. I'm not going to put one in Clinton. You know, like, and I'm trying to look at the map up in Ottawa. We don't need to go further east. Ottawa, Kingston, if we're going to go Cornwall, sure, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I didn't know if it worked up there. And I don't want to go any further north. Sorry, I don't. Thunder Bay, no. Tough break, kid. I think there could be a So real- I say Waterloo. That's fine. <laughs> As long as one of us takes this seriously. It's okay. It was a pop quiz, and I, yeah. I like where you went with it. Well, you know what? No, I'll say Woolwich. I'll say Woolwich, even, not, not Waterloo. Woolwich. Better. Look out. Elmira, <laughs> here we come. Yeah. I think that there could be an argument made, and this is a whole other podcast on rebalancing the schedule and realigning the league. Of course, it needs to happen, but carry on. Which would make the argument for another team up north. Not Thunder Bay North, but maybe you find something in the North Bay, Sioux, where, Sudbury. Though? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Because the, the place I would put a team in a minute is Brantford. They're, they're really? Gonna, absolutely. What? Why? Are you kidding me? When was the last junior hockey team they supported at any level? Okay. There are only two words. No, I'll, I'll make it three words instead. That you need to know as to why Brantford needs... The great one? Is that what you're going to say? The... Great. Well, absolutely. We've yeah. worked with each other Way far too, too long. long. But there has been, there for years, and very recently, Brantford Council also said, not in the cards right now, but if a Michael Landlauer type came in and said, we've got $30 million to invest, that would change things. Brantford, I, I just have a fondness remembering the old Alexander's teams. I think that the Gretzky connection is enough that the community obviously has a bit of a passion for hockey by birthright. That's, I and, don't know if they do. Oh, they do. You don't think they do? No. And quite frankly, they would draw twice as well as Mississauga has ever drawn. They have literally tried every single level of hockey in there, I think. From the old Brantford smoke. Good times. Right? To Trail leaders were in there. Ju- junior A, Junior B, Junior C, Tier 2, it all. They've tried it all. It doesn't work. It just doesn't. It's fair. I still want one there my selfish ways. Okay. Hey, listen, for travel, I'm all for it. That's what I mean. I'm all See? for it. Absolutely. Just put another one right here <laughs> in southwestern well, Ontario. I, think I said Woolwich. We got this. We got this. <laughs> all right. Speaking of places... Sorry, I wanted to go back just on Ann Lauer for a second. We, okay. t- we talked about um, whether he... It was the bargaining chip. I just want to say, I could understand him um, you know, pulling out that bargaining chip and trying to make something work with the city if the vote wasn't 11-3. If, if, if the vote was 8-6... Or, or it, it's so he he basically feels like he was slapped in the face no. from the city and the councillors. Yes, but the vote was on the Mountain Arena proposal. I know. The vote wasn't on do we want to have the Bulldogs in our city. No, but it came down to essentially a downtown versus mountain argument, and he was clearly on one side of it. Yeah, 
And now they're like, no, we're not doing it up there, so we're going to do it downtown. And Ann Lauer's like, you've been saying that for five years. I need my arena. Peace out. He's a businessman. He's a businessman. If the right but he deal. But he also feels backhanded right now. Let's see. Hey, listen, I ain't he, and we'll find out where it goes. A guy with that kind of money who has a bit of spite in his back pocket, I like watching him. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very entertaining, to say the least. Okay. Pope says it'll never work in Brantford. A city where it did not work. And quite frankly, it never had a chance of working. But I give the owner credit for sticking it out as long as he did before he picked up stakes and said, we're bringing a team back to North Bay. Our feature interview on this week's episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast is with Scott Abbott, the owner of the North Bay Battalion. Well, obviously much of the talk around the North Bay Battalion this season has been Stan Butler uh, relieved of his duties. Just going back to that decision, what went into it? I thought we were uh, playing with uh, a little less uh, enthusiasm and finish than we we wanted. Uh, we know this year is a rebuilding year, but uh, by the same token, I think we were 5-23 and 23 at the time. Uh, we have the first wave of a very good group of young players whom we expect to augment in the coming uh, priority selection this year and next. And I think it's very important to the team that they get off to a good start and have a solid foundation, and I didn't see that happening. Stan's been with this organization and yourself for quite a while. How tough was that decision? Well, it was very difficult. Uh, Stan started working for me uh, the year before we started playing. Uh, we started playing September 98, and he's been with us since 97 because he set up the scouting uh, for the first season uh, the year beforehand. So it was very difficult, and we're very good friends. But, uh, you know, I, I found uh, a special role for him as, a, as an advisor, and I, uh, uh, I think he's, uh, he's getting his head around it now. Was that decision made any easier by the two gentlemen that took over, both young guys that are familiar with this league in Adam Dennis and Ryan Willihan? Well, uh, certainly in the case of Ryan Willihan, he played for us. He was captain of the team in 0405, I believe it was. Uh, he played uh, Grand Rapids. He was a hip injury away from uh, playing for the Detroit Red Wings. He's uh, had a extensive uh, assistant coaching experience with us and uh, was head coach in Flint under very bad circumstances there Uh, but he's always been someone that both Stan and I have talked about as a potential uh, successor so uh, yes it was definitely uh, much easier with him uh, in the wings and he was able to uh, take the job on a basis that he would see how everything went for the rest of the season and then we'll do a mutual uh, assessment and evaluation of what happens after that and Adam Dennis is a very bright young mind who uh, played in the league with great uh, distinction for uh, Guelph in London, won a Memorial Cup, uh, worked for the league for a, a while, and uh, has been with us for a number of years. So I think we're in very good hands with those two, as well as with uh, Scar Ray and uh, Bill Holder on the bench. Yeah, the coaching staff here is fantastic as of right now. How, how excited are you for the future of this hockey club? You mentioned the youth. Oh, very much so. I think we have a very great uh, opportunity ahead of us here. Um, whether we finish uh, in a position to get the first overall pick this year uh, or not, it remains to be seen. Certainly we haven't given up on the season. and We uh, will try to win every game we can and finish as high as we can. But it's entirely possible that we'll be picking first overall. Um, and we certainly will have an early pick. And uh, I think the next couple of uh, priority selections are going to be very important. 
and they're going to create a lot of opportunity for a lot of very good players to be part of something special in North Bay. You picked up the team in Brampton after uh, launching Trivial Pursuit. What led you to the Ontario Hockey League? Well, actually, I, I contemplated uh, purchasing a team back in 88. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and I uh, investigated that and decided not to. Then I had a Tier 2 team, the Caledon Canadians, for uh, six years playing out of Bolton, starting in uh, October, September 92. And uh, with that ex- uh, exposure there, I you know, got... Uh, the idea that maybe it would be nice to go up to a higher level. So that's how I got back to talking about the OHL. Going back, I, I'm very intrigued on the Trivial Pursuit thing. I'm sure you answer these type of questions all the time, but how did that all come about? <laughs> it's uh, like It could have been you and buddies just sitting around quizzing each other. It's a long, it's, it's quite a long story, but to cut it down to the bare bones, it's literally a kitchen table idea that took about 45 minutes to develop, and that was the 1% that was easy, and the 99% of the perspiration that followed the inspiration was the hard part, but, um, you know, fortunately we had a blind faith all along that the game would be successful if we only were, were able to get it in front of people, and certainly that was borne out. Yeah, I think it's been a little bit successful. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's it's done okay. Yes. Um, back to the the roots of the hockey team. The move to North Bay. Looking back on it, happy with that decision? Oh yes, I, I uh, yeah. We were in Brampton for 15 years in increasingly difficult circumstances. There It was very hard to get any traction there. Uh, the demographics were going against us uh, more and more with each passing year. And uh, North Bay is definitely hockey country. And as I said at the time, I think uh, not only does North Bay deserve a team, but I think the footprint of the OHL is is better uh, positioned with teams in North Bay and Sudbury and Sault Ste. Marie. There aren't too many games this battalion team plays that you're not at. How much do you love this? No, there aren't many. I missed <laughs> two last year for the first time since uh, since November 03, I think, when I was uh, not feeling well for a week. But uh, I think I missed now seven games in this is our 22nd season. So I do get the games at home and on the road. Uh, the home games are a little farther afield now than they were uh, when they were in Brampton. But, uh, you know, Mississauga is basically a home game now yeah. in Guelph and maybe Kitchener. So, um, you know, I still enjoy it and we still get out to all the games we can. That's a lot of travel. And for a guy that doesn't need to, I guess the question is why? Well, because I, uh, I'm, you know, I've been a hockey uh fan uh, since I was eight and uh, I have the opportunity to do it and I'm very proud of the team and I'd like to see how they perform. Sir, thank you very much. Thank you. I gotta give you credit for that one, Popper, because I think I was on a washroom break or a coffee break and I came back upstairs and there you were out behind the press boxes at the Odd in Kitchener and you're chatting with Scott I'm like, good for you because he, he's a little passionate. He's a little fiery when he watches the games up He's there. a fan. He is absolutely he's a fan. More of a fan than an owner, I believe. I like think he, he might be. As he said, to miss seven games since like taking over the franchise, that's insane. He still goes to every game in North Bay, drives up. I think that's like that's commitment, man. That is commitment. And I told myself when we were up in North Bay, I think I asked you, have you ever talked to him? Have you, like, have you ever interviewed him? And uh, I, I just said to myself, you know what? I got to do it. I have to. This guy invented Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> I need to talk with Scott Abbott. So yeah. I asked him. He was there. I think he was writing an article or something. Of course he was. He yeah. writes everything. Every it's, recap yeah. of the game is written by the owner of the team. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, well, he, he was a uh, sports editor at the Canadian Press when he started Trivial Pursuit um, with a buddy who was a f- photog editor for the Montreal Gazette. 
so I thought, you know what? I got I to gotta interview this guy. What a weird story and an awesome story all in the same. Yeah, good score. Okay, there's something that we have been uh, not talking about for many weeks now. And I would almost go so far as to say we have not been talking about it deliberately because you and I are the broadcast team for 570 News for Kitchener Rangers games. We're employed by Correct. 570 News, but you we got- are closely associated with the team. You got that trivial pursuit question correct. Finally got one. Yeah. Stupid pie things. And so we understand that we bring a certain bias to the broadcasts and this podcast, but we have made a concerted effort this year in particular on our podcast to make sure, and I think it, it, it works because there are fans that are passionate about this league in every city we go to and they should get you know, they're fill of OHL news. It is an OHL podcast. It is not a Kitchener Rangers podcast. Bingo. Bingo. And it may have been presumed to be that early, and we may not have helped break down that presumption. However, we must, I, I think it's time, and in fact, I said this to you this week, Homer or not, bias or not, it's high time we talked about the Kitchener Rangers because since Mike McKenzie took over the team, The general manager becomes the interim head coach. First game behind the bench was Thanksgiving Thursday, November the 28th. Since that time, the team has played 23 hockey games. They have won 20 hockey games, losing just once in regulation and two times in overtime. So out of a possible 46 points, the team has collected 42. Only... The Ottawa 67s, who won 17 games in a row, can boast a better record over the past 23 games than the Kitchener Rangers. The Ottawa 67s are 21 and 2. The Kitchener Rangers are 21 and 2. Again, I say, it's about damn time we talk about the Kitchener Rangers because this is one hell of an impressive run. Math guy. Well done. Thank you. Um, he didn't, you didn't have any paper in front of you to write that down for that stuff. That's That's just the way it's gone. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you that. Uh, it it has been impressive. It's, uh, we all knew the Rangers, uh, run of losses they were on that cost Jay McKee his job was not the normal Kitchener Rangers that we were expecting to see. We knew that they were underperforming. We knew that they were struggling with injuries. Um, and I feel at times you and I, made excuses for the team online and on the post game show when people would tweet about firing Jay and we were like it's not his fault are you realizing what's going on with this hockey club what also happened when Mike McKenzie took over Jacob Bingham came back Jacob Bingham came back and that is a massive part to this turnaround he has four regulation losses this year that's ludicrous we're almost at the end of January <laughs> He's been nothing short of sensational in goal. And when he was not with the team, they struggled. And when he first came back to the team, then they were without Liam Howell and Greg Morales. And everybody, it seemed like, was missing time. Donovan Sobrango missed time. Riley Damiani missed some time. Uh, There was a lot going on with this hockey club. But since this coaching change and Jacob Ingham back in the lineup and everybody healthy, it's been so good around Rangers Nation People haven't even started to complain about Saren Noel not scoring yet. And that says a lot because the Rangers nation just, they like to voice their opinion 
And I love that about them. And we haven't heard much about Saren Noel, which means things must be pretty good for this <laughs> Rangers hockey club because he's still without a goal, and I don't think many people expected him to go this long. It's been an interesting turnaround, and we have seen them at times flat-out dominate hockey clubs. Play keep-away shorthanded, play keep-away five-on-five, get the zone and not give up the zone. And they're, they're attacking as a full five-man unit. They're coming back as a full five-man unit. They're extremely hard to defend. They're fast. They're physical. They don't stop, and they don't let you touch the puck. It's not fun hockey to play against the Rangers right now, and the record shows it. I tried to think back because hosting the post-game show as well, I like to joke that nobody nobody likes a winner, mm-hmm. right? For a post-game show, which I do after every home game, we take calls about the team, about the league. And when the team has a bad night, or the referees have a bad night, when the team is on a four-game losing streak, which they were on before Jay McKee got let go, your phones are so much more active. Since the team got on this little heater, it's been crickets. The thing is, though, I've been thinking back, and I think, I mean, and I... Stand to be corrected. Feel free. Farwell and Pope at gmail.com or at Farwell underscore OHL at underscore Chris Pope on Twitter. I don't think we can find a run like this for a Rangers team since that 83, 84 team. Really? You don't even think 18? Or not, sorry, not 18, 08? No. No? As good a team as it was. Yeah. As I don't know if they would go on a run like this. Well, that's the and that's what I'm t- I'm talking specifically about this run like yeah. that. No, yeah, for sure that 08 team, 53 wins, franchise record, 53 wins out of 68 games. There were 11 regulation losses this year. Hella impressive. Don't get me wrong, but and and there were there were multiple du- double digit winning streaks. But I don't remember. I'd have to I'd have to take a closer look. But I I'm going back to 83 84 in the 25 game heater, mm-hmm. which is still a CHL record. That equals this in Rangers lore. 23 games, one regulation loss. You must be kidding me. The, I know. We, you, you sit there and you shake your head because we've seen two total different hockey clubs this year. Yeah. Like, completely different. Remember, so we did the splits after 21 games yeah. with Mike McKenzie behind the bench because it was 21 games for Jay McKee. 7-10-2-2 on that four-game losing streak when you let, he gets let go. 21 games into the season, seven victories, 64 goals scored. In the next 21 games, the Rangers win 18, and they score 100 goals. So they go from just a shade over three per game to just a shade under five per game. That is also a really impressive turnaround. They've been unreal, and... As much of the credit as Jacob Bingham deserves, it's their big dogs that are have came to play. What Riley Damiani twenty points since Christmas, heading into this weekend. Morellis and Yancis with nineteen. Liam Howell is five straight back or five straight uh, uh, multi point games right now. Like I said, Sarah Noel's been a non factor on the score sheet, and nobody cares. Because they're just winning. And that's a bit of a wild card in all of this too, right? Because you you know, or at least you certainly assume, that in the not-too-distant future, Noel will figure it out in Kitchener, mm-hmm. and then all bets are off. Yeah, then what? And I said it after the deadline. I said it leading into the deadline. 
there is not a more complete team in the Western Conference than the Kitchener Rangers. I believe the only team that may be a notch above them is the Ottawa 67s. And I, for one, am hoping for an OHL final of the Ottawa 67s and Rangers. At the two-thirds point of the season, which is roughly where we are right now, uh, that looks like, in Don Cameron's favorite lingo, if the playoffs were to start today, uh, that would be the matchup you all hope for. And I, I would like to think Fifths that... Fifths and butts were candies and nuts. And we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Exactly. It would be uh, a whole heck of a lot of fun. There some some very good, if not great, teams out there as well. But I still don't think you sleep on London. I still don't think you sleep not. on Saginaw. And I don't think you sleep on Windsor. I don't think you sleep on Flint. I'm sleeping on Flint. Are you? Sorry, Dom. Okay. I haven't seen them in a while, but yeah. Yeah. I just don't think they're as deep as the other ones. Agreed. But they also have... See, when I went over this on our most recent post-game show, I hit all the same teams you did, and I, I have to eat that bit of crow with Windsor. I, I had said I don't think it's sustainable with the goaltending they have. They've, they're still sub-900. I think they're still sub-890 on save percentage for both goalies. It's crazy, but we saw them in Kitchener. Probably one of the best games we saw all year. Just a up-temple, physical. What a hockey call. Oh, big boy hockey out right? there. It was big great. Big boy hockey. It was a great game. Windsor and won it in overtime. You can afford to have your goaltenders have a sub-890 save percentage when the other team doesn't touch the puck. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'll, I'll eat that crow. And the reason I mentioned Flint is because if you look at those other teams, London, Windsor, SAG, Flint has got the OHL champion in goal. And I think goaltending means... It's it's worth its weight in gold come playoff time. So maybe Anthony Popovich becomes a bit of a difference maker. I still like Sag the best. He outside he of may. Kitchener, but um, he may become a factor. I'm still not not sold, and it's happened in recent years. And I don't know why I've let it creep into my mind, but there's something to be said about getting players that have already won an OHL championship. Sure, and something to be said about getting players that are already signed, signed to pro deals. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have that attitude. You don't need. You don't really want it that much. You're okay with the season ending because you want to start training to make it to that next level. I, I, I'm just not sold on Flint. I don't think they're as deep as they need to be, but they still might have my favorite player in the league in Ty Delandria. So I and trust me, I've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a dozen times on this podcast. Please allow them to go on a deep playoff run so we can see that building. I can't wait. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All right, we had to do it. I mean, we had to do it. So call us what you want. Kitchener Rangers are impressive as hell. And now they just signed a local kid. Good for them. Party at the former mayor of North Dumfries' house. Rob Deutschman is uncle to Matt Sopp, the Kitchener kid just signed. I saw that you uh, tweeted... Uh, Rob Deutschman, but I wasn't sure on the the relationship there. Maybe Deutschman Law wants to become a, a sponsor on the Farm hey, Pole no podcast. No free ads. That's just, I was just just mentioning that. But Rob Deutschman, we are looking for personal injury lawyer, a sponsor for the Farwell and Pope podcast. <laughs> Get in touch with us, Farwell and Pope at gmail dot com. Trust me, we have full carte blanche to say your company's name as many times as we want, and we. We'll say it more times than you want. No, no. <laughs> Only as many times as they pay for. But here's the no, problem. We'll probably give you a couple extra because we have no self-respect. Here's the problem with that now. How are we going to get to the sponsorship offers through all of the hate mail this week? We were not kind to a lot of cities. folder on our <laughs> Gmail. Farwell and Pope at gmail.com. 
in upcoming episodes of the podcast, we promise two things. One, the debate that we have been hinting at, and we've actually had a little bit on the air on one of our broadcasts of a Rangers game on 570 News and a little bit on road trips. We're kind of elbowing each other and jostling and we got to bring this to the pod. We will have the instigator discussion. And now that it's been put into the ether by some yin-yang, we're going to have to throw more cold water on arena talk because let me tell you right now, the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, one of the jewels, if not the jewel in the Ontario Hockey League, is not going anywhere anytime soon. I promise you that. We'll have that conversation on a future podcast, too. Yeah, those are things that are all lingering, much like the realignment and reseeding of playoffs and stuff like that. We're waiting for things to slow down a bit. It seems like every week right now we have a big topic in the OHL that we want to tackle on the podcast and a good interview. So on a couple slower weeks, Farzi and I will really get into it and go hammer and nail at each other. The, uh, The good thing about this weekend is, well, there are two good things about this weekend. We only have to play Friday, Sunday, so we get a day off, which we haven't had in quite some time. That'll be interesting. And then the Sunday game is in Mississauga, one of the communities we insulted on this week's episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast. We didn't insult them. I think you kind of did. How did I insult them? Didn't you call them snobby? No. Didn't I agree? You asked me to pick the next (laughs) snobbiest place. And I don't think it's bad to be snobby. Burlington has every right to be snobby. That's why I'm saying you should stop there. It's an unbelievable city. Right on the water, it's absolutely gorgeous. Spencer's waterfront, check out Emma's back porch. There's a, not a better spot in the summer. I can't even afford a cover charge in Burlington. Exactly. There's, there's lots of money there. That, that's Just what like I'm Mississauga, saying. lots of money. I got no we, money. We, we uh, combined money and snobbiness. Maybe it's because we're both wearing secondhand clothing right now. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Exactly. There's a podcast. You don't have to see it. All right. We've given you a heads up on what's coming up down the pipe. We'll uh, we'll find out if we survive Mississauga on Sunday and see what we can cook up for next week's podcast. Not that there's anything wrong with secondhand clothing. I actually want, found 520 American, 520? I think it was about that. Over $500 American in a suit jacket pocket at Value Village once. You should have used it to buy more suits because some of those ensembles, Pulper, I don't know. Why? You don't like my pants? You're Burt Wonderstone and I love you for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. That's a wrap on this edition of the Farwell and Pope podcast. Your authority on everything around the OHL. Have a question or topic you'd like covered? Email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.